You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. I invite you to grab your Bibles again and head to the book of Joshua as we continue in chapter 13 of this book. We'll show a... We get our picture of the week up there from last week. We have it in there. Joshua 13.8, if you want to head that way. Joshua 13.8 is where we're at. This is a picture from last week. Now, this is from Lincoln. I got two pictures last week from, I think, Lincoln and Malachi. They were both from Sunday school class, and Grant shared in Sunday school class, we were talking about the Christian life and growing, and they picked up, and we were talking about corn and uh, spring and all those sorts of things that grow corn, and quite the discussion on it, and they picked up on this. And let me read you what he wrote. I, I've got it down here, and it's in the back. You see it. The corn gets sprayed. It helps it. Just like us, and the Bible helps us. It helps us to grow. So appreciate what Lincoln drew here and the others. And there in the back, if you check those out. Kids, I think you have all new crayons today, so enjoy. Adults, you might want to grab one and turn in something one of these times. So please do that. But... Um, Let's read. We're going to go to Joshua 13, 8. I'm going to warn you before we... We're going to read through 33. It's a little bit longer passage. There are lots of names in here and places. I'm going to try to pronounce them the best I can. Some of them, the, the, the TH, I don't think there's a TH, a TH sound in Hebrew, so it's a T. Um, so if it sounds a little weird, I'm just going to try to pronounce them. Best I can. Sometimes I'll pronounce them one way, sometimes another. That should give you great hope. Just you just read it. Doesn't matter. Okay, um, just you know these things. You can just shove over your mouth. But as we read through this, try to do this because it's a long list. Try to look through here. What's being repeated? What do you see over and over again? Try to just be be thoughtful towards it. Try to as I'm in the middle of these descriptions and these boundaries. Try not to, if your mind watch, just come back, come back, join us. Um, and as we read through God's Word. So it is God's Word. So we want to read it, hear what He has to say. So I'm going to start in verse 8 through the end of the chapter. Here we go. With the other half of the tribe of Manasseh, the Reubenites and the Gadites received their inheritance, which Moses gave them beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses the servant of the Lord gave them. From Aror Er, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and the city that is in the middle of the valley, and all the tableland of Mediba as far as Debon, and all the cities of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, as far as the boundary of the Ammonites, and Gilead, and the region of the Geshurites, and Maakathites, and all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan to Salakah, all the kingdom of Og in Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth, and in Edre. He alone was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. These Moses had struck and driven out. Yet the people of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maakathites, but Geshur and Maakath dwell in the midst of Israel to this day. To the tribe of Levi alone Moses gave no inheritance. The offerings by fire to the Lord, God of Israel, are their inheritance, as he said to them. Verse 15. And Moses gave an inheritance to the tribe of the people of Reuben, according to their clans. So their territory was from Aror Er, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, 
and the city that is in the middle of the valley, and all the tableland by Mediba, with Heshbon and all its cities that are in the tableland, Debon and Bamot Baal and Bet Baal Meon and Jahaz and Kedemot and Mephatat and Kiriathayim and Sibma and Zeret Shahar on the hill of the valley and Bet Peor and the slopes of Pisgah and Bet Jesemot, that is all the cities of the tableland and all the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites who reigned in Heshbon whom Moses defeated with the leaders of Midian, Evi and Rechem and Zur and Hur and Reba, the princes of Sihon, who lived in the land. Balaam also, the son of Beor, the one who practiced divination, was killed with the sword by the people of Israel among the rest of their slain. And the border of the people of Reuben was the Jordan as a boundary. This was the inheritance of the people of Reuben, according to their clans with their cities and villages. Moses gave an inheritance also to the tribe of Gad, to the people of Gad, according to their clans. Their territory was Jazer and all the cities of Gilead and half the land of the Ammonites to Aroer, which is east of Rabbah, and from Heshbon to Ramat Mitzpah and Betunim and from Mahanaim to the territory of Debir. And in the valley of Bet-Haram, Bet-Nimrah, Sukkot, and Zaphon, the rest of the kingdom of Sihon, king of Heshbon, having the Jordan as a boundary to the lower end of the Sea of Kinneret, eastward beyond the Jordan. This is the inheritance of the people of Gad, according to their clans with their cities and villages. And Moses gave an inheritance to the half-tribe of Manasseh. It was allotted to the half-tribe of the people of Manasseh, according to their clans. Their region extended from Mahanaim, through all Bashan, the whole kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, 60 cities, and half Gilead, and Ashtarot, and Edre, the cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. These were allotted to the people of Machir, the son of Manasseh, for the half of the people of Machir, according to their clans. These are the inheritance that Moses distributed in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan, east of the Jericho. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses gave no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance, just as he said to them. Let's pray together again. Father, I believe none of us here in this room today are here by accident. Each one sitting here made in your image. Lord, each one wrestling with living in this world, both joys and sorrows of this week as we come here. Father, each of us weak unless you make us strong to know your word. So today, Lord, I'm praying. I'm praying that you would make us attentive to your word and what you have here before us. Attentive to your spirit to convict us where we have strayed, Lord. Please do a work to build up, Lord, where Satan has torn down this week. And Lord, that we would, we would, as the song says, turn our eyes, that we would turn our eyes upon You. We would say, Thy will be done. We want You. We want You to reign. So we pray that You would work in this time we have in Your Word. By Your Spirit, by Your grace, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, You have found what we have before us today is a rather difficult 
passage, one I've wrestled with, not so much in terms this week of of what's it saying, you know, the, the places, and you can, you can find places online, where are these places at? The, the words themselves are easy enough to be understood, but it's more, why is this here? What, what are we reading? What are we to make of this? Our, our poor musicians who plan our music, they appreciate them, they want to try to plan songs around what the message, and okay, early in the week, I don't, sorry, I can't help you, we're, we're going, boundaries, we don't have a lot of songs on Boundaries, inheritance, that sort of thing. But so it's going to be that way a bit. However, there is hope. But as we look at this, there's names. I mean, I'm going back and forth. Names are hard to pronounce, Um, and we're not even in what would be considered the the promised land, maybe proper yet. We're not even there. We're still on the east side of the Jordan, and and even in that, it seems like this is ground we've already seen before. We've already heard about this history of these tribes east of the Jordan? Kind of, why is this here again? It, and it just might not seem as an important passage to us. Uh, one of those, maybe you're reading through the Bible, you go, well, I'm thankful I, I read through it. I read it. Check it off and move on. But I think th- there's gold in, in stopping a bit. And, and I hope you can do this. And it's hard. It is challenging when we come to these places. But you know those Discovery Channel shows on gold. Uh, just think of that this morning. The, 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 right, they're in a Alaska searching for gold, and they're in the, they're scuba diving in the Bering Sea for gold. Gold is it's just not easy to get. It comes by hard work. They they are digging to get these little pieces, and some are better than others about this little vial of gold that they have, and it's worth so much. It's hard work, and so we're doing a little bit of that. Man, this is we're doing a little bit of that as we kind of wrestle with, and I hope you do that on your own through Scripture. It's a good challenge to me and you to just not simply pass over and go, I don't know, let's look for something easier. So we're here. And and you could make the case here, are there fundamental doctrines in this passage, atoning work of Christ, His resurrection? We don't see that necessarily here. But, But I do think there are ideas here that are very important. Thinking about inheritance and boundaries... Think about how important the idea of inheritance is. I mean, I have yet to go through this with my family and my parents or in-laws, really, but it seems to me from watching, matters of inheritance are extremely important. Uh, It may not be land boundaries, maybe it is, but in our day, this, this is a highly, its importance to me is seen by how explosive the topic can be. Families that otherwise would have gotten along, they're torn up when it comes to determining the inheritance and where this is going and that. Tensions build. Regrettable things are said. The love of money and the hopes of this inheritance, it's like it just changes these relationships. People want this. This is mine. This is yours. And so if I'm basing on that, that seems pretty important in our day. It's pretty important here as well. It's an important idea back even with these tribes beyond the Jordan to the east. Now I want to show you a map, and you have this in your, in your bulletin, so a new map uh, for you. So we, were, we had another map. This is a new one. It's a little small print on the top. But that's okay. A little wider here up, up here. You can keep this in your Bible. This is, again, we're, we're a little further along here, and we haven't looked at all this yet, but this is kind of where we're going. How are all these tribes 
divided. Where are they divided at? And uh, we are focusing here. Here's our Jordan, the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Kinneret that we read about. Same thing. From Sea, Jordan making this boundary. Saw that listed a couple times down to the Dead Sea. And then there's boundaries over here and all up in, in here. Reuben, Gad, this Ammonites. Not here, but here. And then up and north and so forth. We're not going to get into that a lot of all the places and here's what the name and look at this place and go and we could just do a whole hour on going around and there's a great place. I don't remember. the I think it's called Bible Atlas. You can dot or you can just type in the name of the place, whatever it is, Eror or Jahaz, whatever this, the place is. And boom, it kind of gives you here's an idea where we think it is and you get an idea. So these are real places. Um, you can leave that up for a little bit if you guys want in the back. Um, the outline of this passage is not hard. Uh, there's, that's broken up various pieces. Verses 8 through 14 kind of give us a general. It's kind of one chunk. And then verses 15 through 33, the other chunk. And I believe this is the section, you know, you're always trying to think, okay, what's the section of Scripture? Where do we need to be? I think this is where... This is a together, kind of bound together section because of two things. One, if you heard the repetition, you heard over and over, Moses gave, Moses gave, Moses gave. Every, hopefully you saw that as we went through the paragraph. So that helps us, helps me say, okay, this is a package. This binds together with the Moses gave. And then you also see the two, um, and at verse 14 and 33, Levi, the inheritance for Levi. They didn't get an inheritance. The Lord was their inheritance. That kind of summarizes the first 8 through 13, then 14 Levi, and then 15 through really 32, and then Levi kind of finishes it. So it kind of captures this area in this section. But rather than going verse by verse through here and looking through it, going through each of the names, as I said, trying to find all these places, I want to approach today in the form of answering some questions. Just Let's ask questions of the text. Um, perhaps that's most helpful to us when we come to hard pass. Just start asking questions of the text. What's going on? Why is this here? So I've got four of them today that we're going to try to answer. Number one question, and I'll just go through them quickly. Number one, is it okay for Israel to inherit this land? This is not promised land proper. As we think of uh, west of the Jordan. Is this okay for them to inherit this land? Number two, whose inheritance is this? Whose land is this? Number three, how does Levi fit in here with their inheritance? Well, look at that. It's, that's out there. 14 and 33, Levi. How does he, what's going on there? And then the final question, um, do boundaries matter? Do the boundaries here, do they matter? I'm thinking about boundaries. So let's take the first one. Is it okay for Israel to inherit the land? Is this okay or is this kind of just a side mess up thing? In other words, they're living on this side of the Jordan. Are they outside of the will of God, you might say? Is God okay with them on this side, this, this eastern uh, side? I believe Deuteronomy chapters 2 and 3 are quite helpful. If you want to start turning there, Deuteronomy 2 and 3 to look at this meaning, see what's going on with these two and a half tribes. So Deuteronomy 2, verse 30. Look there. 
You're in Joshua again. We don't have far to go. Just back one book to verse uh, 30. I don't think this is just the thought of the tribes to settle here, but this is part of God giving the land as a possession. So look first at chapter 2, verse uh, 30 through 33. Here you're going to hear some familiar people. Uh, But Sihon, the king of Heshbon, would not let us pass by him. So this is before they're in the promised land, before Joshua, this is the time of Moses. Sihon, king of Heshbon, would not let us pass by him. For the Lord your God hardened his spirit, made his heart obstinate, that he might give him into your hand as he is this day. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to take possession that you may occupy his land. Then Sihon came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Jahaz. And the Lord our God gave him over to us, and we defeated him and his sons and all his people. And so on. It goes on from there. God's giving this land. Look at chapter 3. Jump down to chapter 3, 1 through 4. Then we turned and went up the way to Bashan. Now we're familiar. We're hearing this in Joshua. Here it is. And Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. But the Lord said to me, Do not fear him, for I have given him and all his people and his land into your hand, and you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, the king of the Amorites who lived at Heshbon. So the Lord our God gave into our hand Og also, the king of Bashan, and all his people, and we struck him down until he had no survivor left. We took all his cities at that time. There was not a city that we did not take from them, 60 cities, the whole region of Aragab, the kingdom of Og in Bashan. This was not, as we come back to chapter 13, this was not these two and a half tribes being lazy, saying, we'd just rather not go any further. I don't think we see that here. We, do, we see this land being good for cattle. We've seen that before. We see these tribes going on ahead of them across the Jordan into the promised land to fight. And then later on, Joshua, they are going to return to their land. God had promised the land of Canaan. We think of Canaan proper, that what we normally think of as west uh, of the Jordan. But in the process, these lands became available, not, not out of a lack of anything in Israel's part. But in other words, I don't, I don't think um, these two and a half tribes, they messed up in some way, and they, they took lands that they weren't supposed to take. Deuteronomy seems to prove They're there because God gave them this land. It's part of his provision. These lands of Sihon and Og. So question one, is it okay for them to be here? I I think the answer is yes. So our second question, so whose inheritance is this? Whose is this? Over and over, we saw a repetition. Moses gave, Moses gave, Moses struck down. Moses, the servant of the Lord. This inheritance is given to these people. It's a gift. They're stewards. They they didn't what that means they didn't earn this land. They they did go, they fought, but God ultimately was the one going before them, defeating Sihon and, and Og and their kingdoms. And so there's a relationship. Remember last week we talked about the suzerain and the vassal. The suzerain, kind of the, the owner, the ultimate authority in the land, God. 
the vassal, those that were to be loyal to the suzerain, the vassal, the one working the land, multiplying. Kind of, It's their land, but they're under an owner, the vassal, Israel, the people. God gives. Israel's to remain loyal. They're to inherit. They're to occupy, be fruitful, multiply in this land. And so there's a relationship as to the, the land that God has placed in front of Israel and to this these particular tribes east of the Jordan. And their call, again, is to glorify, to worship the Lord in this particular land. So the inheritance here, it, it is both of these two and a half tribes, it's theirs, but it's also a land, ultimately, God's ownership. It's His gift to these tribes. They're stewards of this place, of this inheritance. Our third question Verses 14 and 33. Look at those again. How does Levi's inheritance fit in here? To the tribe of Levi alone, Moses, verse 14, to the tribe of Levi alone, Moses gave no inheritance. The offerings by fire to the Lord of God of Israel are their inheritance, as he said to them. Said a little different way, mostly the same, verse 33. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses gave no inheritance, The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance, just as he said to them. This comes from Numbers 18. You can write this down. Um, We're not going there. But the, the basis of this idea, this no inheritance except the Lord for Levi, comes from Numbers 18. Levi was to be the servants, the guardians, the workers of this tabernacle, later temple, those sacrifices by fire, the offerings by fire. They, were, they ministered uh, to the priests of Aaron, this, this being related to Levi here. They were to serve them and they would keep guard. Here's what Numbers 18, just some verses to hear kind of where does this come from? So one tribe did not get land. Here's what Numbers 18, 6 says. The Lord says to Aaron, and behold, I've taken your brothers, the Levites. So Aaron, priesthood, Levites connected, your brothers, from among the people of Israel They are a gift to you given to the Lord to do the service of the tent of meeting. They're set apart for a certain service. And then later it says this in verse 20. And the Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the people of Israel. Just think about that for a minute, what they really had. I mean, there's land, and then there's, you mean the Lord's our portion? It goes on, to the Levites I have given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance, so they're getting finance, in return for their service that they do, their service in the tent of meeting, so that the people of Israel do not come near the tent of meeting, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service of the tent of meeting, they shall bear their iniquity, It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations and among the people of Israel. They shall have no inheritance. For the tithe of the people of Israel, which they present as a contribution to the Lord, I have given to the Levites for an inheritance. Therefore I have said of them that they shall have no inheritance among the people of Israel. So Numbers 18, here we find this basis for the Levites having no land inheritance but culminating, the Lord was to be their portion and their inheritance. 
demonstrates a couple things, I think. One, an inheritance is not simply physical land. Not physical land alone for Israel. It can be financial, they're receiving tithes, or even spiritual in the Lord. And I think there's some sense, I haven't worked all this, but some sense of a foreshadowing of the inheritance of the saints in the Lord. He's our inheritance. Some sort of foreshadowing there. Number two, here, what does it demonstrate? Levi was set apart for a purpose. And essentially, every tribe, you could say, had a purpose. And we're going to see them divvied out borders. Each of the 12 tribes were unique, unique boundaries for each. Unique boundaries that they were to take over. They were to inherit this boundary, this place, from this river and this tableland and these cities and then these 60 up here. And they knew them so much better than we do. I mean, we know if you go to Chester and up to Greenleaf and Spring Valley, over to Grand Meadow and back, you instantly, like, no, you have an idea. Okay, that's this way to them. They knew these places. They weren't going, man, how do you pronounce that name? They, they could do this easily. But, but they were given, they were unique, all these boundaries. And some of the tribes did better than others in taking their land. We're going to see that as we go. But lastly, the question, we've, these three questions, how does Levi's inheritance fit here as we looked? It's, it's unique. God was to be their inheritance. Our last question, do these boundaries, do they matter? This map you have, this map of boundaries, do, do they matter? Why is it even, why would God use precious pages of Scripture? And I think we can say this reverently, saying this is His Word. Not kind of a, well, why would God do? Lord, why would you use these precious pages of ink, Scripture, to have such a lengthy description? This, I mean, we're just at the beginning. There's more. There's going to be more land to inherit. Just buckle up. Here we go. couple thoughts. Do boundaries matter? One, boundaries matter because they settle disputes. Reuben could say, this is my territory. This is my inheritance. Gad, yours is up here. Reuben, this, this is mine. It's, it separates whose land is whose. There's very practical reasons for boundaries. Matthew Henry was kind of... he's commentator of old, brought up this idea, and he says this. He says, we have reason to think that the register here, kind of this register of all these lands, boundaries, and so forth, that the register here prescribed and published of the lot of each tribe was of great use to Israel in after ages. It was often appealed to and always acquiesced in for the determining of meum and tuum, Think what he means is the determining of mine and thine. So imagine these documents years later, even right here. What is yours? What is ours? What's our inheritance? Well, it's right here. It's from this river up here over to these cities. They knew where they could figure it out. It settled the disputes of mine and thine. So boundaries matter. They settle disputes. Another one, boundaries matter because they are reminders of God's faithfulness look at verses 21 and 22 boundaries matter the reminders here this passage of god's faithfulness verse 21 says this that is all the cities of the tableland and all the kingdom of sihon king of the amorites who reigned in heshbon whom moses defeated with the leaders of midian evi and Rechem and zur and hur and reba 
the princes of Sihon, Sihon who lived in the land. Balaam also, the son of Beor, the one who practiced divination, was killed with the sword by the people of Israel among the rest of their slain. These are the records of the defeat of Israel's enemies, these uh, leaders of Midian. I think it's five of them. And Balaam. Remember Balaam and Balaam's donkey, who we learned in Sunday school was a she. Uh, Various trivia there. You can just know that if you get asked that. So come to Sunday school. But uh, this was Balaam, who he was hired. Remember, he's hired by the uh, king of Moab, Balak, Hired, hey, come curse Israel. And he could, he, he blessed them. He ended up blessing them. Well, we find here later, it would seem that Balaam did not go home after this. He didn't say, well, I blessed them. I'm out of here. It seemed like he stuck around and he made a stumbling block for Israel. Stumbling block of false gods or idols and sexual immorality for the people of Israel. And it says here, he was killed. And so this list of boundaries, it, it can trigger memory of God's working in their midst. It's, it's for us today. You live here. Why do we live here? Well, I, we moved here because of this. And we, wow, God was faithful. And yeah, we moved and we didn't move there. And this is how he, we, we, we can remember those same things of how God moved and remember. So the reminders of God's faithfulness. Boundaries matter because of what, they proclaim. Think about this. This is a shorter one, but in this case, they could tell Israel west of the Jordan, hey, this is Israel too. This is an inheritance. This is land. We're with you. We're connected. They'll set up an altar later on to, to make that point, but they could remember. They matter. They proclaim. They proclaim this boundary. This is also part of Israel. And then boundaries matter because they set limits. Think of the limits they set. And they help one trust God for what is beyond. So they set limits and then they help one to trust God for what is beyond the boundaries. Gad's territory, it's kind of small on your map. It is not the territory of Benjamin. It is not the territory of Dan or Ephraim or West Manasseh. As you look on your Asher, Naphtali, Gad's territory is Gad's territory. It's theirs. And they were responsible to honor God in their particular land. Verse 13, go back, chapter 13. Verse 13, look at this. Um, They've got responsibility. It says, Yet the people of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maakathites, but Geshur and Maakath, dwell in the midst of Israel to this day. Geshur and Makkah, th- th- this was these tribes uh, east of the Jordan, this was their responsibility, their oversight. It's an area, Reuben, Gad, the half-tribe, they were to have oversight. Not, not over there, not in the other place. This was their place, their location. And so boundaries matter. They set limits, but they also help us trust God for what's beyond it. Beyond, that's not God's given us this boundary, this Geshur, this place. So some concluding thoughts. Kind of, how do we think about this? What God gives, He gives with specificity, not generalities, not just generalities. 
In other words, God's gifts and promises contain details, lines. This here, that there, this river, this place. He's, he's a detailed God. We have details of our eternal inheritance. Quite a few in the New Testament. Look at one detail in Colossians 1. I want you to go there. We're going to go two more places, so um, grab your Bibles, Colossians 1, and look at this. We have details of an eternal inheritance. We talked about this last week, and I think we'll keep coming back, hopefully, this theme of, O believer, here's an inheritance of land. What do we have in the Lord? Look at Colossians 1. Uh, We'll start in 9 here, but this is Paul's prayer here. He's in regard to both the, the current boundaries. Think of the current boundaries of the church in Colossae, where they're at, and then their hope. So think of this in terms of what we're even thinking about, inheritance and boundaries. And look at verse 9. Here's Paul. and He says to the church at, at Colossae, and so, uh, let's see, Colossians 1.9, and so from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, Asking that you, current boundary, here's where you're at, your church, where are you? You're in Colossae. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's kind of their present work. Walk in a manner. Be pleasing. Bear fruit. Increase in knowledge. What are you to do in your boundary? Do this. And then verse 11, May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The already inheritance we already have, the we're not yet there. They're details of a present work and a future hope for the life of the believer whose inheritance is in Christ. And truly, all who have repented of sin, if you put your faith in Christ as Lord, you have an inheritance. But presently, not all of us have the same area or boundary where we are to minister and proclaim His glory. So what about here on earth? What about in the present? What does your boundary look like? Your present inheritance in light of your eternal inheritance in Christ. We are temporary stewards of the boundary God has placed for you at this time. So consider this based on applying this passage. From Joshua 13, just consider this in your life. That God's hand has placed you right where you need to be in order that His name might be glorified. God has placed you, what, what's the boundary? I don't know, think geography, other things. He's placed you right where you need to be in order that His name might be glorified. Now, I want to just clarify if you're in a sinful relationship or situation, it's not God's place to hang out. And God's brought you here in this place to hear that, to say, oh, turn, run from there, run to Christ. Turn from that sin, obey God, be cleansed, move your boundary, just to clarify. 
Deal with the Geshur. Deal with the Ma'akath in your boundary if it's sin. That's not a boundary to say, well, God put me here. I get, I'll just stay here. We're to flee that temptation. But that being said, that clarified, it, it may not be all clear to you right now how this, wherever you're at, how this is the place you need to be. Maybe your current job, you think, I don't like this boundary. Or your family, is it, man, is it a hard boundary? I, this border is doing well, this one not so well. Your own suffering, this, your place, your suffering, your own particular trial, your particular boundary where God has placed you. So I want to take you one last place, I said two places, one last place to sort of lean on and ultimately say, Lord, you're good, and I trust you for the boundaries you have set for my life. I looked at, we looked at it last week. I think I read it as a benediction, Psalm 16. So look at Psalm 16, verses 5 through 6. Think about this in light of where God has placed you, your current. We have a future hope. We have an already not yet of the inheritance in Christ the inheritance of the Lord, and, and now listen to this psalm, which, which kind of rings of the, of the Levite inheritance. Psalm 16, 5, The Lord is my chosen portion, and my cup you hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. What great news. No matter where you go, what kind of lines. We talked about Polycarp as a martyr around 162 A.D. He died for the faith. You think at that point he was saying, I don't like this boundary. This is not good where God has placed me. He was there as part of God's will. He was suffering for Christ. The Lord is our portion and our cup. The lines have fallen wherever the Lord takes me. I'm in pleasant places because he's with me, Joshua says, wherever I go. In Christ, there's hope. There's joy. So can you trust God for your lines or this current lot? Can you trust that His sovereign hand has led you where you are today? Your street, your neighborhood, your job, your family. And is He your portion? Your joy ultimately above location or circumstance. I want to close with a great song for us to think about in, in terms of where God has, has placed us. Um, I have to just kind of sing the first part because I don't think I can just say it. Um, and then I'll read to you the rest of the chorus. Think of it as a poem, but it's a, uh, it's a song. And, and I love, the, the title is called Dream Small. Maybe you've heard the song. I don't know if it's on the radio. Uh, it's a guy named Josh Wilson, singer. Dream Small. Let me, here's how the song goes. Um, it's a mama singing songs about the Lord. Think about these boundaries. It's a daddy spending family time the world says he cannot afford. These simple moments change the world. It's a pastor at a tiny little church. Forty years of loving on the broken and the hurt. These simple moments change the world. The chorus goes like this. So dream small. Don't buy the lie. You've got to do it all. Just let Jesus use you where you are.
believe that? Where you are, one day at a time. Live well, loving God and others as yourself. Find little ways where only you can help. With his great love, a tiny rock can make a giant fall. So dream small. Verse 2, it's visiting the widow down the street or dancing on a Friday with your friend with special needs. These simple moments change the world. Of course, there's nothing wrong with bigger dreams. Just don't miss the minutes on your way to bigger things. Because these simple moments change the world. So he says, keep loving, keep serving, keep listening, keep learning, keep praying, keep hoping, keep seeking, keep searching. Out of the small things and watch them grow bigger. The God who does all things makes oceans from rivers. Dream small. I'm not saying don't dream big. Have big dreams. Great. Don't waste the minutes on your way looking for somebody else's boundary. Praise God for where He's got you. Let me pray for us. <laughs> Father, right now, pretty sure Janine would not prefer the boundary she's in. And so we pray for her. Give her grace and strength and her family and Jean and Tyler. Strengthen them for this particular line that they would praise your name. Lord, strengthen us no matter where we are at, whether we are at home sick and suffering, wherever those lines you have drawn for us, Lord, that we would say, as we're going to sing in a minute, that you reign, Lord, you reign. And so we'll trust you. You give and take away, blessed be your name. If these are the lines, then Lord, we'll take them. Because you're good and you're our portion and you're more to us than anything this earth offers. So may we dream small and not waste minutes on our way to other things. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for long lists, for gold in your word, for your grace, and for Jesus Christ, our inheritance.